Yo, thanks for clicking on the podcast. Very excited about today's podcast. One of my absolute best friends in the whole wide world is on today's podcast, David Wheels Maxwell, who you probably know best from the Brother Wheeze show on Rochester's Radio 95.1, my former home. Uh, Wheels is a guy who I met for the first time on the Wheeze show. And uh, I remember, and I think we talked about this a little bit in the interview, but I remember Wheeze kind of pitching Wheels as a guest to us by saying, this guy has the most beautiful soul you've ever met. And uh, I would say that absolutely checks out. You know, how, how long has it been? Four or five years now that I've known Wheels? And I would say that checks out. Wheels has the most beautiful soul of anyone you've ever met. It's a pure soul. It is a, he's a person who only wants good for everybody all the time. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have uh, any, any uh, ill intent or ill wishes for anybody. And he's just a beautiful person. And so you'll hear that come out in this interview. I do have one technical thing to talk about. This is um, the first time I've ever had to edit anything out of an interview. We just had, at the very beginning, it was whatever. I spilled some beer. It was like, it was, wasn't that big of a deal, but I spilled some beer. And then we spent a while fumbling with the microphones trying to get. You'll hear the first four minutes or so of this interview. You can hear a lot of the microphone sound, which I, sounds kind of like this, right? You hear like a lot of that for the first uh, four minutes or so. That goes away after about four minutes when we get it fixed. And so that's I had to edit out where we kind of just, you know, adjusted that. And so anyway, I just wanted you to know that. So the first couple minutes, if you're hearing a lot of sort of microphone noise, that does go away. Please just, you know, bear with us for that. Uh, in the meantime, though, in my, my little monologue here at the top, I wanted to talk about a couple things. Two uh, hot, one hot, one not so hot topic in Rochester. The thing, I posted this on uh, my social media once I got my phone back. Because I went five days, by the way, without a phone. And we've all had that happen, right? Where your phone breaks. I had to go five days without a phone. I have this, I have, I don't know, Verizon total care or total coverage or something, which I was led to believe meant, hey, my phone breaks, I get a new phone. Now, in their in their defense, yes, that is how it worked. I got a brand new phone, didn't cost me a penny, an exact replacement, a certified leg new replacement of my old phone, but it took five days to actually get it in my hands. And that was such a pain in the ass. Five days, no phone in some ways was refreshing. And, you know, the first day or two, you're trying really hard to like get it fixed right away. But then when you realize that it's going to be, oh, you got to wait in this line and then you got to call customer service and then you got to get a hold of Apple and then the phone is shipping in one to two days and then you got to blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Uh, it, after like two days when I resigned myself to the fact that I was going to go probably five days without a phone, it became beautiful for a couple of days because you don't realize how often your phone just intrudes on your life. You know, you're doing whatever you're doing and then all of a sudden a message pops up and you stop everything to check the message. So not having that distraction was really nice. And then my big hot take when I came back was about Pittsburgh Dairy opening on Park Ave. <laughs> now this news broke a couple months ago, but... Um, you know I, know, I have a little insight on this. The Pittsburgh Dairy and the Chai Guy, too, my friend Pat Tharp, are both opening on Park Ave, I think, very shortly. And uh, I know that, you know, there had been a couple ice cream places on Park Ave. For whatever reason, they just could never stay in business. And I think it probably a lot has to do with the seasonality of the ice cream business. It's obviously a few months a year, the hottest thing in the world. And then, you know, look, we, we've got long winters here. 
there's several months where nobody's really interested in ice cream. Although that sounds absurd to me. I can eat ice cream pretty much every night of the week. It could be negative five outside. I'll eat ice cream. So anyway, I knew that there was a um, a store owner down on Park Ave who was trying to get Pittsburgh Dairy ice cream into his store, and that was where the news kind of broke. Was then Charles Corby, the owner of Pittsburgh Dairy, basically revealed like, "Hey, look, the only reason we're not selling our ice cream to X Y Z down on Park Ave is because surprise, we're opening on Park Ave." And then I realized that I have become get off my lawn guy because I realized that I was super happy to hear that Pittsburgh Dairy's opening on Park Ave. Not because I'm going to go to Park Ave. I'm still going to go to Pittsburgh with my wife and child. But because all the hipsters are going to go to Park Ave. So we'll filter out the hipsters. And also, the web, there's Pittsburgh Dairy. I, I thought was going to go into Webster, Village Baker. I, I could have swore Pittsburgh Dairy was going to do a Webster location, too, at one point. You know, The more people we can keep away from my Pittsburgh location, that's my, that's my home location. The other thing is the fireworks. So the other thing I wanted to talk about. The fireworks are bothering a lot of people. I, you know, I make a joke and I say, hey, what are you what are you worried about? Free fireworks. City of Rochester doesn't even have to do fireworks this year for 4th of July because they've got free fireworks every night in the city, all over the place, several different neighborhoods. But the coordination going on with all these different fireworks, who is the person or who are the people who have coordinated with each other to make sure that there are fireworks every single night in cities all across this country? It's crazy how many fight and the money they're spending. These are not expensive. I mean, these are not cheap fireworks. You know, I'm from I and, and by the way, you can't really buy the types of fireworks that they're setting off in uh, New York. So these are people that are driving to Pennsylvania, driving to Ohio or wherever the heck they're driving and buying these fireworks, bringing them back here. They're not cheap. There's a lot of labor involved in the driving back and forth. I mean, who the hell is coordinating this? Where are they getting the money? And who has the time to go fill up a van full of fireworks every other day so that we have fireworks shows every night in the city? Anyway, that's all. Let me shut up. Let's get to the interview. This is the man, the myth, the legend, David Wheels Maxwell on the Pauly Guglielmo Show. We're rolling with wheels. Should we start with this beer that I brought that has no label on it? What did you bring us? A, a listener of the podcast wrote me because in the last episode I talked about that I like beer. I like sours. I sound like I like beer. I sound like Brett Kavanaugh. I like beer. <laughs> I like beer. I like beer. <laughs> but anyway, the guy he uh, he he brought beer to my porch step. So. Uh, so we have some beer. Does he make his own beer? I think so. Do you have the balls to drink some of the sure, beer? Let's I know try you're not it. a big Why beer not? guy. I, I've literally watched you drink. What did you drink in Florida? What did we call it? We said it was like you the, were drinking, uh, just um, literally drinking straight vagina. It was called an electric was, daisy. An electric daisy. It was a pink drink. All right, hold on. You're drinking. I'm going to drink the same thing you're drinking. Strawberry. All right. So this is from Clay Killian. Wait, put your mic right down there so we get a look yeah. at Yeah. Right, yeah. There we go. That's what Opie mm. would call podcast sounds. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that is sour. I like that. Have you ever had a sour beer? No, but that is sour. You taste okay. So that's a that is like a, a thing now. 
that they make sour beers. You don't have to. Don't worry. You don't no, have I'll to drink, drink it. That's actually not bad. That might be up your alley. Though. That's actually not bad. Yeah, because you don't. You're not a big beer guy. Usually, I like sweet, but you know, I can taste the strawberry in there, which I like. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, you can really get the hints of the strawberry. Right. Mm. But you, why don't you drink beer though? I don't. I've just never you, been a beer drinker. You do drink like. I. <laughs> what do you I, drink? It's like. You drink girly drinks, quite frankly. I have two speeds to me. Either I get really drunk or I don't drink at all. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, I drink a lot of ciders. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's what you would I drink order. a lot of ciders. Yeah. Mostly your girly drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Pink drinks. Yeah. I, whatever you have to order beer, you order. You know what I? Now. You know what I always say to my friends, though, Paulie? What? I don't understand why people make fun of me for what I drink. I do. <laughs> I mean, because it all gets you drunk the same way. It's true. It's true. I guess it's true. I mean, we we both woke up in Florida feeling like shit. That's true. But the thing is, like the these beers, like here's where you're right. These beers that that are popular these days, these last few years. They're just so strong. They're so strong. They get you really drunk really fast. Well, oh, you turned your mic off on accident. That can, that happened last week too. I, I can, for some reason I don't know. I got to start bringing stands for people. I have them. Would you like me to get them? Oh, wait, I can get you a stand. Hold on. Well, I, I have stands. I got a stand right here. Here. Sorry about all the microphone noise, ladies and gentlemen. God damn it! Oh no, it's full beer. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh God. Awesome. Now there's beer everywhere. <laughs> All right. Maybe you do have to hold them. Oh, God. This is the worst start I've ever had to a podcast. We spilled beer. We can't get the microphone in your stand. Oh, shit. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, well, what a good episode. Thank you, Wheels, for being on the... Uh, Bob the meatloaf. <laughs> Wait, your mom is literally right inside. Mom! <laughs> All right. Oh. So just to recap, you drink girly drinks. Should we should we stop and clean this up? First? I don't know. Oh, your mom showed up. She heard it. She heard it all happen. Here she is. Hey, Mrs. Wheels. Thanks for making an appearance on the podcast. Oh yes, absolutely. Did you? How did it go down from what you were hearing? You just heard like some screaming or uh, the beer's down. <laughs> There's beer everywhere. Beer everywhere. And then poor Clay Killian's probably listening to this going, no, my beer. My beer that cost me so much to make and they just wasted it. He takes it to Greece and just spills it. Yeah. What can you, I've had the pleasure of hearing the story, you know, just from talking to you and being friends with you for a while. But what is the story of your birth? Because it's a really, it's fascinating. It's scary. It's, there's a miracle involved, right? Yeah, I think it's probably more scary, was more scary for uh, my parents, obviously. Well, sure, for you, you were just. You, I, know. <laughs> you know, I just, I tell people I just wanted to see the world early, right? And yeah. I just couldn't wait to make my appearance. Yeah. And uh, so I was born two months premature. And what causes my disability is a lack of oxygen to the brain. So what happened? You were born with. My lungs weren't fully developed. Oh, okay. So you weren't so, breathing. Right. So I was actually breathing um, when I was born. And then they put me in, in an incubator. And um, the incubator stopped working, I think. Oh, that's right. And the time that I was in there, when it stopped working, is what caused the... Because I wasn't getting enough oxygen. How long were you in the incubator while it was not working? That I don't know. You'd have to ask... We'd have to ask my mom So on that one. You're born premature. You're underdeveloped. But, you're, but huh. in that moment, you're going to be fine. They um, put you in an incubator just to make sure? Is that how that works? Yeah, I think... 
my I think my oxygen levels weren't where they wanted them, yeah. so that's why they put me in the incubator. And um, uh, you know, then the rest of the story. The thing is stopped the, working. Yeah. And and this has come up before, but you know, people are hearing this probably thinking. Well, did you guys sue the hospital? You know, I've talked to my parents about that, right? And they yeah. said, look, we probably we could have, but we were just so happy that you were alive. Yeah. That we, that didn't really right. enter into our thought process. Yeah, they were leaving the hospital with a win. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so, somebody really fucked up. I mean, yeah, it's it's probably something like that. I would assume so too, right? And there have been times that I've wondered about that, but... Knowing where my parents were at that time and their thought process, I understand it. Like I get it. Yeah, you're just you have a son, so you know. Yes. Like, just leaving. You know, you, it's scary already. You're two months premature. You have to go to the incubator. Then there's this massive mishap where you think you might lose your son. You just leaving with your child is all you want. And That's also remember this: that I had to stay in the hospital. Longer than my mom stayed in the hospital. How long did you stay? I was there for two months, I believe. Two months? Yeah. Man, you were the, the... I was supposed to be there for four, I think. And you, you just, you developed quickly? Yes. Um, and so, imagine that, like, yeah. as a parent, and you're, you're new to being a parent, right? But you got to leave with your son, right? right? That must have been so hard. So, my oh, mom and yeah. my dad didn't get to do that. Now, do you have you have a sister? Is she older or younger? She's younger. She's younger. Okay, so you were the first. Yeah. And God, I can't even imagine. I mean, that must have been. It must have just been a really, really hard time. Were your parents at the time? Did they have jobs? What did they do for a living? Yeah, at that my dad. Time? My dad worked, um, and I believe my mom was a worked at a at a bank. I think she was a bank teller at the okay. time. All right. Um, and so they both worked, and uh, yeah, you. I could only imagine what it's like to be two brand new parents and and have this you know there's yeah. no play there's no playbook there's no, no handbook there's no playbook given. for any of it even if, if your child has absolutely no complications right there's no playbook even for that i mean we've been so blessed i knock on wood as i say it we've been so blessed with leo there's no playbook even for what we're doing i mean you imagine the extra complications would just make things so difficult right what do you remember from being you know i, I guess your first memories are probably we talked about like your old neighborhood you're three four years old yeah i don't you know uh, I, I i i don't really remember like i think i remember things as like any kid would remember yeah sure. i don't really remember i don't have like a memory of the first time i remember being in a wheelchair or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, because that was actually something I was wondering is, like, at what point do you figure out that you are, for and, and I mean this in a unique way, in a creative way, but that you're different? When do you realize? When do you even become aware so of So let's take a step back and uh, let's talk first about when my parents realized uh -huh, okay. that something was wrong. Because while I was born premature, they didn't necessarily know that anything was going to be wrong. Okay, even with that lack of oxygen to the to the brain, uh, I believe it was about maybe a year and a half. Whenever you would start hitting milestones like crawling yeah. and stuff like that, sitting up, you know, yeah. you just my parents weren't noticing that I was doing that, so they took me to the doctor. They ran some tests. The tests came back that, you know, there might be a problem, and here we are today. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, though? What are your earliest memories of realizing, like, oh, that those those kids are 
those kids are running to the street. Can I, I be honest with you, Paulie, and say, like, I don't think I had those thoughts yeah, until, it just was. A- until actually I got older in life. Um, when I hit like middle school, yeah, uh, because that's when the kids get bigger, they get stronger, they get faster, you know, they start playing sports and I couldn't play a team sport uh-huh. with the kids at school. So I don't think for me, I mean, I knew I was different, right? But for me, it was just like, this is just life. Yeah. It, you didn't know any different. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Like the way that any of us, we just think our sure. thing, it's been our experience and we think that it's normal. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And plus, but you are athletic. I mean, you couldn't play maybe traditional sports, but you're like, aren't I you mean, like an Olympic athlete? I am an Olympic athlete. Yes. Talk about that for I'm a like, second. I'm like the Mark Spitz of disabled athletes. <laughs> for those of you that are, are, to make it more current, maybe a Michael Phelps. There you go. Um, uh, Tell me about your experience in the Olympics. Uh, yeah, so um, I've been doing that since I was like, I don't know, six years old, seven years old. Yeah. All the way up till I was 21. You're, you've always been physically active. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's important for me to try to stay physically active, uh, to keep the muscles working and stuff like that. I was part of the first Irish, uh, the first American uh, team to go over to Ireland. And to compete in Olympics over there. What sports did you do over there? Track and field. What were your events? Uh, I did short distances. I was not a distance runner. (laughs) But you've got like a hella uh, upper body strength. I was like a more like a Usain Bolt type short distances. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) At a turtle's pace. (laughs) How'd you do? Uh, You know, so the program that I'm in, I'm not going to, I don't want to pretend like it's super competitive. You know, it's more, we want everybody to compete and succeed. So, I mean, I did well. I've got lots of gold medals, but for me, it was more the social aspect of it all. Yeah, like I just, I've got lots of gold medals. I did well, but it was more fun. Yeah, it was just. I hate you athletes. Like, seriously, I've never won a medal of anything in my life. I think when I was in T-ball, they gave us, like, the participation trophy or Oh, I've got a lot of those, too. (laughs) Yeah, I got a lot of those. My my poor mom saved the participation (laughs) trophy. Like, I should be proud of it or something. I think she still has it, too. Is she going to show them to Leo someday? Probably. Probably. Oh, God. But so, what was Ireland like? Ireland, uh, I loved it. How How old were you again? I think I was seven or eight oh, at the so time. Oh, so you were, okay. So. so I was a little bit older. You weren't partying. Uh, no. Although we were going into pubs. Yeah. And they had this <clears throat> they had this drink that was called Sidona, and it was apple cider, but it was in a beer bottle. Okay. So us kids used to drink this while we were there. Acting like you were drinking oh, beers? Oh, yeah. We thought we were drinking beers and yeah. having all kinds of fun and, you know. Yeah. And there was one... You've been drinking ciders since you were seven years old. I, I have. Back to the drinking thing. No, you know why I don't like beer. Yeah, that's right. So but what always, were you going to say? There was one Always uh, something sweet. Yeah. But there was one um, athlete on the trip with us who was 21, but he had fetal alcohol syndrome. Um, and he was an African-American uh, boy, and he used to take the beer bottle, Paulie, and he had no hands because of the fetal alcohol syndrome. He used to take the beer bottle in his lips and just tip the bottle backwards and drink the whole thing that way. Really? It was the most amazing thing you'd ever want to see. Wow. Too bad that wasn't an Olympic event. Right? That seems like it should have been. He was also from New York City, and he was 21, and it was the first time in his life that he had ever seen a cow. Oh, so he lived in the concrete jungle, as they yes. say. He'd never seen, like, right. you know, farmland. Right. And he saw a cow. What was that like? 
I don't, I, I don't, I, I just couldn't remember being a kid and thinking this is the first time you've ever seen a cow. It is strange to think about kids who grow up in New York City that they don't see nature so much, you know? Right. It is weird to think about that. I've thought about that a, a few different times. Well, and he lived in a group home, too. Okay. So he didn't know his parents. Uh, you know, he was born with fetal alcohol syndrome. What so. does that mean exactly? So uh, his mother was a drinker uh-huh. and drank while she was pregnant, uh-huh. and that affected his birth. He and they call deformed? it yeah, the, yeah. So he had really small arms and legs, almost like nubs. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And... Uh, <sighs> You know, I think he was probably taken away from his parents. Yeah. Soon after birth. Yeah. God. What was uh, what was school like for you? Were you a good student? I was a I was a great student. Um, what were your subjects? Uh, I was a history and a and a um, English uh, geek. What's your favorite history like? Your favorite, uh, I don't know how to call it, era. What was your favorite era? I like American history. So okay. anything that has to do with, like, politics. Did you uh, ever see Hamilton? I have not seen okay. it. But you would it, love Hamilton. It's stream, It's going to be streaming on Disney+. Plus. I saw that July 3rd. And I can't wait. That was that. This coming Friday. That's yeah. That's right. Yeah, I'm excited for it. You're going to love Hamilton, especially if you like American history. That's all about, like, the revolution and all that, and it's that's fantastic. But, yeah. So you like, uh, what do you like, revolution, civil war? Um, I'm more like modern history. So, like... Huh. Like when I when I say history, like anything that has to do with with presidents, I love I love reading biographies about a uh, like JFK. Um, What's your JFK theory? Uh, well, I think if you want my true my opinion, I think opinion. that the I think that some that parts of the United States government had something to do with it. Really. Yeah, so or are, with with organized crime and you do believe conspiracy then a little bit, yeah. a little bit when it comes to that. Yeah, I there was a um, so I I've, I love like the conspiracy theory podcast and stuff, and I heard a good theory once about um, the shooter. So he, yeah, I'm blanking on his name. What the hell is the guy's name? Oh, uh, Not John Wilkes Booth was Abraham Lee, Lincoln. This yeah, is Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald. Right. And Jack Ruby shot him. Yes, yes. So Lee Harvey Oswald does. He takes the first shot. And it misses, right? Then he takes a second shot and it hits. And this one was like hit his, hit JFK's spine. Right. The third shot hit it the head, or right? Yeah, I think. I think it hit him right in the head. But then there was there were some reports, like many witnesses who reported smelling gunpowder on the ground level on Daly Plaza. Yeah, in Daly which Plaza. they wouldn't have smelled, right? Based on where the gunman was, right? But it turns out that the car right behind JFK was Secret Service. And the car right behind JFK immediately sprung into action. And they think that there's a possibility that the Secret Service guy who popped up and had a gun, everyone, and there's a million witnesses to the, yeah, like the Secret Service guy pops up and he's got like this giant, like machine gun, may have fired an accidental round. Right. Well, have you ever heard that theory? I have heard that theory. And also think of this Jack Ruby, who shot Lee Harvey Oswald, as they were bringing him out of the, the police station in the underground tunnel, is a nightclub owner. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of people that would be upset if something like that happened today, right? Yeah. But I don't see too many nightclub owners <laughs> wanting to go yeah. take revenge. The story just doesn't make sense to me. One of my favorite things about Jack Ruby, too, is he was almost surprised that he was even arrested. He thought he was doing the world a favor, and he was going to be praised for this. Right. Do you know that about him? Yeah, I did. And he, yeah. But you also could look at it like if he's working for the government, 
okay? He's thinking, I'm working for these guys. So you, you got him as a as a patsy. You know, right. Yeah. I got them both as patsies, really. Cause, really? Yeah. I well, think. Okay, but here's one thing that I think completely, completely just kills the theory that Lee Harvey Oswald was an inside man. Because Lee Harvey Oswald, the night he shot JFK, because he wasn't killed till the next day, right? Right. The night he shot JFK, the Dallas police carted him out in something that you would never see today. You would never see this happen today. They actually carted him out and had him do like a mini press conference. Yeah. You know about that? I've seen that. Like and a five-minute press conference. It's, and he's like, and, I don't even know what I'm here for. Yeah. Like, and they're like, well, you shot the president. And right. He's like, they haven't told. I haven't been yeah. charged with that. And they're like, yes, you have. And he's like, oh, no. I mean, listen, <laughs> you can make any conspiracy fit any way you want, right? Like, It just seems odd to me that they would have let him talk to the press completely unfiltered. If Lee Harvey Oswald was actually yeah. a... Doesn't it also seem odd, though, that they would have... And you'd never see this today. They would just... When they're bringing him out of the police station, they bring him in an underground area so mm-hmm. that he's protected. But they've got all the... The media <laughs> is there filming it. Yeah, everybody knows what's happening. Right. That did seem pretty odd. Yeah. Yeah. I love... I, I'm a conspiracy theory guy. I love conspiracy theories. Yeah, me too. I don't, like, buy into a lot of them, but I love hearing about them. Sure. You know, and, and there's that's a ton of, of them out there. But I'm not. I really am not a Lee Harvey Oswald was an inside guy guy. That's not me. No. Maybe Jack Ruby, but Jack Ruby even not. You know, I kind of think. I honestly kind of think it was a little bit more of. I believe the theory of the Secret Service guy may have shot a stray bullet that hit the president, right. and that the government then had to cover up this major fuck up. Of like, oh yeah. shit, we really fucked. I mean, this that up. was a major. That not, was a major fuck up. N- not only did we let the president go in an uncovered convertible right. through a plaza, right? Right. Not only did we let him do that, but then we actually took part in killing him. Right. I, I mean, I mean that that's to where I see conspiracy. They just covered the whole thing up. I mean, if minute. you look at the the history of that, not that we want to get into like all of this stuff, but if you look at the history of that whole family. That whole family was cursed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, isn't it but, crazy? As as much success as the Kennedys had, they also had such crazy tragedies. I mean, uh, Bobby Kennedy mm-hmm. gets assassinated. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the brother there, uh, what's it? I'm drawing a blank on Talk his about name. The, uh, the, Ted Kennedy. Yeah, he didn't get assassinated, but he had the whole Chappaquiddick thing that yeah. happened, and yeah. Yeah. you know they think that he left her there to die. And, yeah. That was and, a good movie, too, uh, a couple years ago. That was ago. a great movie. Yeah, and yeah. So that whole family has just had tragedy, you know, after one after another of something happening. Yeah, right. What? So you were a history buff, or you are a history buff, but you liked history, you liked English. Did you? What did you think you were going to be when you grew up? I actually wanted to be an attorney. Did you? I did. Well, well, I watched the O.J. Simpson trial. And you loved it? From start <laughs> to finish. There were even days I pretended like I was sick. Just so I could stay home. Oh, were you in school at the time? Yeah. Yeah, you went right. You're. <clears throat> I was in like eighth age. grade. Yeah, at the yeah. time. And you loved it. You just so you that made you. That's what I want to be when I grow up. That, I want to be yeah, a lawyer. Yeah. Until yeah. I found out how much it cost and how much school you had to go to. Yeah, and then, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, and I, that's uh, right. But I always wanted to do radio too. I yeah. mean, that was always a. Uh, passion of mine too. Because don't you have a story about like you used to watch the telethon or something? I did. Uh, so or... uh, I have cerebral palsy. Yeah, yeah. And um, they had the United Cerebral Palsy Telethon hosted by our good friend uh, Don Elhart. And I know you know Don well because he's in Rotary with my you. Rotary guy. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I used to sit in my living room, and I had you're not going to remember this TV show because you might even be a little too young for it. 
but there was a TV show on called uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. I know of it. I've never okay, seen and it episode. was centered centered around a radio station. Mm-hmm. So I had this little WKRP in Cincinnati like DJ setup, right? That had a microphone and I think it had a turntable or whatever. But I used to sit in the living room. And while the telethon was on, I used to pretend like I was Don Alhart awesome. and Bill Peterson. And I used to throw it back and forth. I was both of them. That's awesome. But I used to say, okay, we're going to send it over to Don, and he's going to tell us how much money we raised. And then I was Don. And then, so, you know, there was all of that. And then I got to meet Don in a very strange way. Um, I was in the hospital for uh, my first surgery. And my dad ran downstairs to get a cup of coffee and happened to run into Don and Mary Elhart in the cafeteria. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he uh, said to them, uh, would you mind coming up and saying hello to my son? Now, remember, I'm like, I'm like five at the time. But the news was always on in the house because my grandmother lived with us. And so I always used to watch, you know, Don. So Don came up with Mary. And now this is a man that I've, watched on TV and always wanted to meet. I mean, if you can say always wanted to meet it at the age of five, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he walks in the room and the first thing I say to him is, can you ask the nurse if uh, she can give me some Tylenol because I'm in a lot of pain. (laughs) So if you ever want to meet an idol and want to make an impression, I guess that's what you say because he went around for years afterwards telling that story whenever we were in the same room together. Were you conscious of the fact that Don had just walked in? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and but you were in so much pain that you were like, I need some Tylenol. Uh, I don't give a fuck if Don Yeah, Alistair. I don't care. I really... <laughs> I just need some Tylenol. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Did he visit with you? Did you guys yeah, chat? Yeah, I think we chatted for about 20 minutes Great. and, and we, we became fast friends after that and then he had me on the telethon uh, several times and... How thrilling was that for you? <clears throat> well, listen, as a kid and you, you know, you do it in your living room and then the one of the very first memories I have of being on the telethon was the year I think it was 91 the year of the ice storm we came in from Lake Placid and we went right to where they were uh, doing the telethon and one of the producers came over to my parents and said can you take David over to stage left so they took me over there we didn't know what was happening and all of a sudden Don says and remember, I'm like seven, eight years old. Don says, I'm going to bring out my big guns right now because I'm kind of tired. <clears throat> so they wheel me out to the center of the stage and he hands me the microphone. Like literally he just hands me the microphone. Live on TV. And says, the show's yours. Wheels. And he goes and sits down on the couch. And they were doing one of those match things, you know. Wait, where, so they didn't even they didn't even give you a warning though. They no. Just, well, that's kind of a dick move. I mean, it's awesome, but like. I mean, I think if they had given me a, a warning, I would have been even more nervous. True. And probably said I didn't want to do it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So it was one of those match things, you know, where if you called in and donated twenty five dollars, yeah, the company that was doing that segment would match would it, it yeah. and you know, then it would turn into fifty dollars, right? Yeah. And they had this little circle of dots that when it went all the way around that's when they met their goal so i'm sitting there and bill peterson's over here on this side of the stage and bet beth and chet are up by the phone banks and i'm literally passing it back and forth to them 
at eight years old. And you and were, were you good? Did you like nail it? I mean, I don't know if I nailed it. Do you but have I, this on a copy of this on video somewhere? I, I think Channel Thirteen probably has it somewhere. Have you ever asked for it? Have you seen it? Um, I think I asked Doug Emblage for it, but they they would have to go way back in their archives because it's not. You know, it's so old. We got to get a hold of this, man. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's got to be somewhere. Recorded. It's got to be somewhere. But yeah, I was. Uh, I saw it. You put a picture of yourself on Facebook not too long ago from when you were a kid. Was it the one with uh, former Governor Mario Cuomo? Yes, that was it. Yeah. You were adorable, man. You were a cute I, kid. I, what the hell happened? I don't know what happened. What the hell happened? How old were you in that picture? Uh, I uh, again. I I keep going back to the same age, but maybe that's because it's the age I sort of. You know, remember, I yeah. maybe I was nine or ten. Okay, well, but you were adorable somewhere around there. You had the giant smile on your face. Yeah, I mean, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mario Cuomo. So my mom runs the Empire State Games for the Physically Challenge, which uh, former Governor Mario Cuomo uh, started, and it was just on one of his visits to our program and so he he, came, he actually came there he yeah, was there he, that, that's really awesome he just uh, knelt down and i i captioned the picture i think the former governor and i are talking about the budget <laughs> because you could see the smile on my face but you could also see in the picture how interested he was in whatever i was saying to him at the time yeah and it's it's memories like that that you you'll never forget absolutely what was uh, what was middle school and high school like for you? You know, you're you're studying. Were kids nice to you? Were kids mean to you ever? Because uh, here's the thing. My my theory is, I I do believe, at some point or not another, almost all of us have felt bullied at some point or another. I'm sure you had to. Was there some shit like that that happened? Oh, to you? absolutely. Um, Did it have to do with the disability, or was it just general? No, it had to. Bully? It had to do with the disability a little bit. Um, look. It didn't start for me until I was probably in middle school. And not even middle school, because in middle school I was the high school or the middle school um, president. I won the election. You were like the most popular kid. I mean, I I was, I was, middle school I was good. You're literally the most popular kid anywhere ever. I mean, no, really, like anywhere I go ever with you, you are, it's like I'm traveling with a celebrity. I, well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. You just have a way of lighting up a room. It's it's hard for me to, uh, accept that and not accept it, but it's hard for me to wrap my head around that, right? Well, you have an energy to you, right? Because, you know. but I'm just, and we, we, it's getting off your topic of your original question. There's a little no bit. topic, just keep but, talking. But, um, it's one of these things, you know, when people say to me, Wheels, you're an inspiration to me. If you find me inspiring and it inspires you to do better, yeah. that's great. Right, but you know, you but know I'm not. Tr- I'm not trying to be inspirational. But you are naturally. Do you know why people say that to you, though? No, because I because you are an inspiration to to everybody. Because here's the thing: uh, everybody has moments in their lives where they're doubting themselves, right? Right. Where you feel like you're not good enough, you did a bad job, nobody likes you. You know, every every human being alive has those moments, and we allow ourselves to get down. We allow ourselves sure. to get down. But the very first thing that Brother Weeze ever told me about you was, here's a guy who on paper should be down. Right. Never down. This guy's never down. I've seen you down once, and we'll get to that. Yeah. I've seen you down once. Uh, uh, you you don't get down the way the rest of us do. And so what happens is, you know, we 
get down, we get depressed, we feel sorry for ourselves, and then you're like this ray of shining light that right. makes us feel like, oh my God, that's the energy I want to carry my life on with. Right, and 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 I understand that, and I try to be that way. You as don't even much, have to try as you much just as much as I can, but there are moments that I hide away from people because I feel like I've built up this yeah well persona of being that way. But you're human, right? Every human has those moments. right, and yeah. it, it's in those moments that you just sort of have to sit and be in those moments for a little while. Do you feel pressure? Because so many people have told you that you are an inspiration to them. Do you feel pressure that you can never be human and have those vulnerable moments? I don't know that I feel pressure, but I'm always aware of the situations that I'm in. Yeah. Right? I'm always aware of... I think you probably understand this a little bit too, being formerly in radio maybe on a different level but you always understand who's around and there's a certain persona that you have to put out there that you know people know you as Paulie the sauce man mm -hmm. you know so you have to when I always go I'm under the under the thought that when I'm out if somebody wants to come up and say hello to me like doesn't matter what kind of day I'm having like you got to be happy wheels because they're taking yeah. the they want to they want to say hello to me. Yeah, I need to be receptive to that because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I am. Well, I don't you know I don't know if that's true. If it wasn't for that, you you we create our own luck in life. I mean, you <clears throat> have earned everything you've got. Sure, you have, and and of course, yes. There's people that you should thank along the way. We all have people we should thank along the way. Right. So, but that being said, I mean, it's it, you didn't just sit back, do nothing, and stuff was handed to you. Mm. You've earned it. You have been it, not only just an inspiration, you've been a great friend to people. I, I mean, try. I, I can't imagine there's anybody that could reach out to you and say, Wheels, I just need someone to talk to, that you would say no. I can't imagine. No, probably not. No, no. Probably and that's not. it. That's that energy. But I think that also comes with the situation that I that I've been f forced or faced with right being in the wheelchair because you learn at an early age that along the way you're going to need help you're going to need people to my mom and I are so close because growing up my mom um, and my dad but especially my mom because my dad was working my mom was for, you know for the most part was a stay-at-home mom and uh, for a long time she was my legs Right, so if I needed to get somewhere, she got me there. Um, so when you say you're a good friend, Wheels, it's because I've needed people to be a good friend to me. So you learn along the way how you you should treat people the way you want to be treated. So back to the question I asked you five minutes ago or so, though you were the victim. I do have a tendency to <laughs> ramble. Oh, I love it though, but but you. Uh, you were the victim of bullying, and it did have to do with your disability. What happened? So, like I said, it didn't start till high school, right? And that's where I really started to notice the difference, because kids were driving. I wasn't driving. Kids were dating. Um, I liked girls. I loved girls. But I, I was just telling a friend of mine the other day, we were talking about this. I remember being in the hallways at school, and I, 
I'd see, you know, it'd be the first day of school, and you'd see a girl walk down the hall, and you'd say to your buddies, who's that? And my buddies would look at me like, well, why are you looking at her like that? And I used to say to my buddies all the time, my legs don't work. That doesn't mean that I'm not human, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so it's a, there's other things that do work. <laughs> they, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not not to brag or anything. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> so there was always that, you know, the the always being one step behind sort of in high school physically and and hitting milestones like with the driving and then I remember there were a couple of kids that were in my lunch period and they used to sit with me at lunch. You know, they'd say, well, Dave, come sit with us at lunch. So you'd go over and sit with them because I, it just so happened that in that lunch period, I didn't know too many people. And then they would, I have some vision problems. So I would have trouble reading the hands on the clock. So then they would ask me what time it was, and of course I wouldn't get it just right. Yeah. So they would make fun of me for that. Kids are dicks. I didn't know you had vision problems. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? You just. I mean, I probably should wear glasses. I just don't because. Is it just that you're nearsighted or something? Um, you don't wear glasses? I have some tracking issues. Oh, okay. Uh, and stuff like that. Okay. So and I, you know, when I get tired, uh, I have like a lazy eye, yeah. uh, sometimes, which I'm self-conscious about, but it is what it is. It's, just part of the disability, right? Did you go to college? I went to Bryan and Stratton. What did you study? Uh, graphic arts. Oh, cool. Are which, you an artist? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, you, can you, that's not something you can just learn, right? Like, you have yeah, to have no. some you have to have talent. Some, oh, yeah. some artistic talent. Yeah. But it all goes back to that I wanted to do radio. Now, rem- in high school, I went to Womoko. And took radio and TV broadcasting. What is Momoko? It's a vocational school. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, So you learn a trade. And one of the trades they had there was radio and TV broadcasting. Cool. And the teacher, uh, Rick Yage, nice man, you know, I uh, have lost touch with him. But he didn't even want me in his classroom. Um, And Why? Well, um, it's funny because when I went for the visit to see the classroom and, you know, decide if I wanted to do it, he made me put this big camcorder on my shoulder and he pushed me around the room and said, in order to do this class, you need to be able to hold this camera. And I did it. Yeah. He, and, is he trying to make you fail? I was think that, so. What the fuck with this guy? I think he was. But fast forward two years later at the end of the program and he was like my biggest supporter. Oh, so that was I a big changed, win for he, you. I changed the way he thought. That's great. Um, I walked across the stage at that graduation and at my high school graduation. And he always had this thing that you sort of know being in radio. He would say at the end of class, he would say standing by and we would yell, you know, we would yell it back to him. And that's just the term that you use in TV and radio to let you know that we're about to go on the air. Right. Mm -hmm. So we would do that. And I remember he didn't know that I was going to walk across the stage. So I was on the ramp leading up to the stage and he hadn't gone on the stage and he peeks in the corner or under the curtain and he says, he looks at me with this big grin on his face and he says, I can finally say this to you and you're actually doing it. And he says, standing by. And I looked back at him and I said, yep, I'm standing by. And then we had the ceremony. 
Dude, how was uh, studying radio and TV? Was it like anything like what it actually is now that you've had the opportunity to do uh, it? No, because back then we were using reel-to-reels. Oh, yeah. That's the thing about studying is the technology has so much to do with all the media. Right. We didn't use computers. There was no... Right. There was, I mean, even the editing bays, we were using those editing bays where you would literally move the the VHS tape back oh, wow. with your, your hands. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you would... It was like a round knob, and that's how you would fast forward. And you're not that much older. How old are you? Thirty-nine. I'm thirty-seven. I never learned any of that shit. Oh yeah. You so I, I, and then I had an, uh, a a um, uh, internship at WXXI. How was that? The most boring internship <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm so glad you say that. So I've been listening to radio because I still love radio. Right. right? I just don't want to work yeah. there anymore. But I've been listening to a lot of radio, and I've been trying to listen to some XXI here and there. Oh fuck! Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, it was. <laughs> they put me, they put me on this show. Where... There's, by the way, I do want to say there's the one local show, the Evan Dawson. Yeah. And depending on his topic, I can really get into it. Okay. Sometimes the topics I can't. Right. Know. And if Evan's listening to this, I'm sorry, Evan. Just but, like a just like a podcast. Like anything, I mean, exactly, exactly, like right? anything else. And I'm sure there's people would say that about this podcast. Oh, right. Some episodes I mean, they're like, probably going to say that about you and me. Like that Wheels episode that wasn't my cup of tea. Right. You know? No, but but I was trying to listen to like This American Life and stuff like that. Oh man, I. I but here's the thing: all the smart people listen to that. So, so is that how dumb I am that I can't get into that shit? I, I don't think you're dumb. I just think you're not. We're not. I'm uh, not patient enough for we're it. We're not on that is. level. Uh, well, they had me. They had me doing. So it was a, a syndicated show. So you would have to put in these these breaks, you know, mm-hmm. and then the syndic the different stations would put in their own commercials in these breaks, right? So I literally had to sit there and listen to this classical music show. And wait for these station identification breaks, so then they could put in their own, their own commercials. And it was the most painful because I don't like classical music, <laughs> right? Yeah. <clears throat> and I remember just to go back. Now I remember I told you about my um, radio and TV broadcasting teacher. When the gentleman from WXXI came to interview me for the internship, he came into the classroom, and one of the questions he asked me and I think what sealed it for me with the interview was he said if there's if if they told you tomorrow that they had a cure for your disability would you take it and I said no I said because I've lived a good life and I've done a lot of things and I would not want to change it would you really is that still your answer that is still my answer wow I I I have to admit that's it is surprising that but it speaks to your character and your the stuff that we were just talking about. It speaks to why you are who you are. Yeah. Because I'll tell you the truth, that's a surprising answer, but it's the right answer, I think. I mean, I have a love-hate relationship with my disability. Do you mind if I drink? No, Wait. drink away. Can I open another beer? Yeah, open another beer. Okay. We're getting all deep, and I'm like, I'm going to open a beer. <laughs> I'm going to sip. What's the... Uh, love-hate relationship like with your disability what's the love what's the hate well i think the love is that it's afforded me the opportunity to do some pretty amazing things <clears throat> right um look i don't know i'm good at radio i think i'm good at radio I you are good at radio. i don't think i would have stuck around this yeah. long well let me tell you something that you know i 
I'll say, and I know it's going to make you uncomfortable, but, you know, I worked at that radio station for years. You got over with the audience. When I say over with the audience, I'm talking about, like, popularity-wise. Uh-huh. More than people who've been working at that radio station for way the hell longer than you and are on the air every single day. Right. I mean, you you have captured the audience. How do I put it? You've captured the audience, right? They love you. They love you. You're a legitimate radio personality in this town. I don't want you to ever think you're not. You are. And I appreciate that. Yeah. And so, but you know, like, one of the opportunities that I was given, and I, and part of it is because of, look, I'm on the Brother Wee show because I bring something to the show. I think Wee's would tell you that. Mm-hmm. And all the, the people that are on that show would tell you that. But my foot in the door was what you said earlier. When Wee's told you, here's a kid or a guy that should be down on himself but he's got a great personality here's a guy who should hate life but he loves life and he tells good stories yeah yeah he doesn't he doesn't mind telling stories about him his life in a wheelchair he doesn't mind if we bring strippers into the room yeah and we have them give him a lap dance (laughs) you know he doesn't none of that matters and so I think that's why when you say I've won over the audience, that's why, because I'm real. You're real. And I'm authentic. And, and that was the thing I always loved about that show, is the authenticity of that show. Right. Because I always thought, and there, you, nobody in, in radio, period, anywhere, does it better than Weez does. That's who that guy actually is. Right. There's no difference. And he doesn't want you to be fake. No, he doesn't want that. He, he wants you to be as real as you can be. Right. And so... <clears throat> I'd say, can I give you an old Weez show story from like when I first started? Sure, absolutely. So when I first started, I was you know I was like the producer man, and I had come from Top Forty Radio, and I was gonna help the Weez show be better, and we were gonna have a, it was a Christmas Carol at Jiva. We had the guy coming on who was playing um, uh, what's what's who's the bad guy in Christmas Carol? Uh, Scrooge. Ebenezer. Scrooge. Ebenezer. There. And I had like arranged that Scrooge was gonna come on in character, right? Right. How bad is that idea? <laughs> <laughs> but this was my big idea. Scrooge is going to come on in character. And so Scrooge comes on and he's in character. And he's Ebenezer Scrooge. And we just goes like, bro. What are we doing? Cut the crap. It says here your name is Jeff. You live in Manhattan. You're a gay guy. You got a husband, a cat, and you do community That's theater. That's so funny. And then the that is so just, funny. But here was my big lesson, though. Then Scrooge just goes, "Oh my god, I'm so glad you said that because honestly, like, I did not want to stay here for 20 minutes as Scrooge." And I was like, "There you go. That's I learned my lesson." <laughs> yes, and, and yeah, it's all about being authentic, and you proved it, right? We used to have the the um, and we still do. We have the um, the Renaissance people come in. Mm-hmm. And they try to do the same thing. They but won't. No, you no, can't get them out of character. They want to stay in character. <laughs> that was, those were funny sets, though. Those yeah, were always so funny. I guess my love, my love is because the wheelchair was a way in. Yeah. Right? Because not many people get the opportunity that I got just to be handed a microphone and say, just talk. Mm-hmm. You know, be part of a show. You know, there's people that have been doing in this business in some form or fashion for years and have not had that opportunity. Right, right. So I guess that's where the love comes because I've gotten to like go to Ireland and all kinds of stuff like that, right? The hate comes in when I do realize maybe that I'm different, you know, where I can't keep up with people like uh, everybody else can. 
You talking like physically keep up? Physically, or like when I was in my twenties, and you know, East and Alexander Street. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. you'd be down there in your LeBron James jersey. Oh God! Right? Don't even remind. Me. I to- I've heard that story. Oh, I thought and it was I would so be, cool. And I would be, I would be down there, and there was a time where I knew every bouncer at every door. Okay, so I could get in no problem, and they'd carry me right up the steps. And then there came a day when I didn't know every bouncer at every door, and I remember standing out in front of one of the local establishments, and. They said, well, let us go get the bouncers, and it took them about 15 minutes, and then they came down with the head guy, and he said, <clears throat> you can't come in here because you're in a wheelchair, and we can't bring you up the stairs. Why didn't? Why don't we sue that place? What What the hell? Right. Speaking about lawsuits, you must have, I bet in your life you've had a, a handful oh, of Paulie, places. Oh, there's been... There's been so many times that I could have sued somebody. I could have been a millionaire like seven times over. Why don't you sue people when that kind of shit happens? I mean, literally, that guy could have gotten that place sued over that comment. You know right? why? Because this world is so sue happy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's true. It's you know we've got people suing because they spill McDonald's coffee on their crotch. Oh, you remember that? At like 75 years old. So did this guy, what did you say to him? Did you fight him or did you just turn around and go away? So this all comes back to sort of the discrimination stuff, right? I, You know, with everything that's going on in this world today and the anger that's out there, like I understand the anger. Like I would never loot or anything like that. But I understand the anger because I was angry that day when he, in a group full of people, singled me out and said, you can't come in here because of... Because you're different. Because right? you're different. Right, right. And it's really the same thing that's going on in the world today. Sure. There's anger, and their anger is just put in areas where it it's not centered in the right area, right? But I understand that anger and that disappointment when you realize you're different for something that you have no control over. So you did have one big low. Yeah. Which I remember. Yeah. It was a really tough time. Before we even talk about it, are you over it or not? Uh, I don't think I'll ever... Be completely over be it. Be completely over it. And it I is, think that that's normal to say that. It because is. Because here's the thing. I'm happily married with a kid. Yeah. Okay? I love my wife more than anything in the world. I wouldn't change a thing about my life. If I talk about my college girlfriend breaking my heart, it can still well me up. And by the way, I, I listen to the Pauly Guglielmo uh, podcast yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. And you've had James Brown on. Yeah. And he cried. Oh, that was so you sweet. You had Bob Matthews on. Yeah. And he cried. So let's get wheels. So I'm prepared. <laughs> I am prepared. Is that the thing of this podcast that can become who cries? I don't know. <laughs> but that, that you, you're a good interviewer when you can pull that emotion out of someone. Well, I just remember you, you know... You were, I was friends with you before, and then you went through this really bad time, and you've never really talked about it. No. And it was, it was really hard to see as your friend when you went through this really hard time. It was a really, really shitty thing to see because, you know, as we talked about earlier, everyone has their low moments, and we all try to hide them. We all hide them. Right. Right. Um, some people put them on like Facebook, you know, looking for attention and stuff. Right. But then for the most part, we all try to hide them. Right. But you were, like, so distraught that you couldn't even hide it. And it was because the crash of what happened happened so suddenly. You were in a relationship with a girl. Yes. And it just stopped suddenly. 
Uh, yeah, looking back on it now, there might have been some red flags, s- some signs. But you know, when you're in it, when you're in the you, relationship, oh, you can ignore red flags all day. When you don't see them, no, right? It's true, and you don't even want to see them because, like, you love that person mm-hmm, so much. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, dude! I mean, there's n- nobody can ignore a red a red flag like somebody who's in a relationship, like in a bad relationship. Right? Absolutely, not saying yours was bad. I'm just saying <clears throat> it. I, I mean, yes, yeah, same thing with my college girlfriend. Red flags galore. I ignored them like a professional flag ignorer. Right. You, yeah. But you have to. I mean, you don't have to, but you want to. You want to <clears throat> because you want the other thing to be true. You, you want lo- this person, and to be- you just love the feeling of of being loved loved yes and and any you know i'm loved by a lot of people right yeah, yeah. this I'm, is di- it's different i'm though. loved by you i'm romance. loved by mom but but uh this is romance this is romance yeah, and yeah. and it's a different kind of feeling and um so what happened uh, with this girl um well what really happened paulie is i think she overthought things you know and that's the toughest pill to swallow for me is let's go. I'll just tell you briefly. She woke up one morning or maybe it was like a week before things started to not feel right. Right. How long had you been dating? Uh, almost five months. Okay. And I had met her parents. Uh, she had met my parents. <clears throat> you were staying at her house. I was times. staying at her house for, you know, like uh, we had that big snowstorm last year. I was there for like. A whole week, mm-hmm. you know. So this was not just some. This was a real relationship. This was a real relationship. Um, I think. By for, the way, was it your first real relationship? <clears throat> no, I had had other relationships, but I can be honest in saying that I think that this first time in love was the first time that I was completely in love. Got it. I had been in, and I think you can understand, and the listeners can understand. You can be in love. But I think there are different levels of love. Definitely. <clears throat> right? And um, she just woke up one morning and pretty much said to me, uh, I can't be with you, uh, and listed a whole bunch of reasons. And one was I was too short. Uh, one was uh, uh, I couldn't hold the ladder for her if she needed to climb up on the ladder. What ladder does she need to climb up on? Uh, did I, she have a ladder she's yeah. climbing constantly? So I or? said, have you ever heard of... Is she a of, librarian? Does she have to get up to the I, top I show? said, have you ever heard of a, a handyman? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and she had, you know, I said to her... Because everything she was bringing up to me, Polly, was things that you would have known... Uh, day one. Day one, yeah, right? Yeah. Or, or maybe a couple weeks in, you would have determined that you can't, you know, you can't... This isn't for you. And I'm under no illusions. It's not for everyone. I mean, I'm like every other man, but I do need some help sometimes. Yeah. You know? Uh, and we all need help sometimes, but I need help in different ways. Right. Okay? Uh, and I think she just looked at it like she couldn't handle all the things that she thought she was going to have to do. You know, she kept saying to me, well, what happens when we get older? And I said, well, I said, from everything I've been told, you know, if I keep doing what I'm doing, you know, not much is going to change. And she says, well, what if I, when I get older, like I fall on the, on, you know, and you can't pick me up. 
And I go, listen, I know friends of mine that are able-bodied right now that if their wife fell on the ground, they wouldn't be able to pick her up. I go, you're just overthinking things. But that's the tough part for me. She's coming up with these random scenarios. But that's the tough part for me, Paulie. And it's hard for people to understand. But I, I really think she loved me. But she couldn't see... There was... She couldn't see past the chair? She couldn't see past the chair. Mm-hmm. And God that's damn. what hurts me because as a person, like, I still feel like it's sort of my fault oh, because I couldn't yes. live up to what she needed me to be. Sure. I understand. I understand why you would feel that way. You're wrong, of course, but I understand why you would and feel that way. And it doesn't matter how many times people tell you you're wrong. You still feel that way. Like, I beat myself up I can over see. That. I can empathize. I can see thinking that right. it's my like fault. Right. Like, I beat myself yeah. up about it every day you know every every day like and there excuse me there were times like after it happened like i was horribly mean to the people that were closest to me that's how we do though right yeah you mean to your mom mean to your dad right it's how we do though that's the thing like i get frustrated at work i come home i snap at my wife has nothing to do with my wife right that's the thing isn't that isn't that shitty of us that that's human nature Right. You know? It's, it's... How long did it take... You said you're still not over it. How long did it take you to get to the point where you could at least go through a day without feeling just devastated all day? Probably a good nine months. Jesus. Now, remember... That's a tough one. It's only been... We've been broken up a year. <clears throat> she broke up with me in March, uh, which is funny because she broke up with me on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now here's the funny part because I don't drive, mm-hmm. so I had to get an Uber back and forth from her house, and <clears throat> she broke up with me at like three o'clock in the afternoon. My Uber wasn't scheduled to come till six. So you had to sit there for three. So more we hours. just sat there for three hours, like screaming at each other. What did you? Oh, was it a three-hour fight? Oh yeah. You oh. know, because at one point I said to her, "Did Amazon just drop the wheelchair off at the front door?" Like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like you're just finding out about like this? Like you're just realizing this now? Like, I don't get it. Oh, and she man. said to me at one point, and this is something that will always stick with me. She said to me, sometimes, she said, you're the you're the you're one of the greatest guys I've ever met. And she said, sometimes, though, I fantasize about you being able to walk. And... I said to her, well, I do too, but I can't. So it is what it is. And stop worrying about what we can't do. And why can't we focus on the things that we have fun with? And, you know, and all of that stuff. And she just couldn't do it. She couldn't bring herself to do it. And that's probably one of my biggest, (sighs) you know, disappointments in life. I'm so sorry. Is that she couldn't. Have you ever come across the fetish, though? Have there been once that chicks that? But it wasn't someone they that want was... you for the chair. You know uh, what I'm saying? Uh, That's like their thing. No, I mean, once I I had this girl that that just kept asking me questions about the chair, and I don't mind answering questions about it. But after a certain period of time, if like that's all you're asking me, like I don't have time for you. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. like the fetish for the chair. Like everybody tells me wheels, you got to use it to your advantage. But I, I don't know. Come on. 
I don't. Come on. Hold on a second. Seriously, hold on. Let's talk quiet just in case your mom's listening. And she's heard everything anyway. Hold on a second. You're telling me that if a chick slid into your DMs and this was her fantasy, was to bang a dude in a wheelchair. I mean, I probably at this point I probably wouldn't at this point because we've been quarantined for so long. Oh, that's true. That's true. (laughs) And I said to somebody the other day, I said, if I knew this was going to last this long, like I would have at least signed up for a cuddle buddy. Like, yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's 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 the, the the most difficult part is that when you meet someone. I do a lot of online dating, and thank God you're married and. I think you sort of missed the online dating thing. I just missed it. You just so missed close. it, right? Yeah, I think I might have signed up for Match.com in the um, in the like ten minutes that I was single before I met my wife. Right, but it's difficult for me because when I tell them I'm in a wheelchair, I either get two responses. I get, oh, I'm so sorry, or or they say they're okay with it, and they might talk to me for like 15, 20 minutes, but then. You don't hear from a member again, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I just can't, you know, I just can't, I would love to be able to just start a conversation with, Hey, my name's Dave and I'm on radio 95.1. How, how long into a conversation with somebody do you feel like an online dating thing? Do you feel like you have to tell them? It varies for me Yeah. yeah. because usually I'm very perceptive with people. So like, if I don't think they're going to handle it well, sometimes I just don't even tell them. And I just sort of slowly fade away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if I think they can handle it or they're going to be receptive to it, then then I'll tell them. It's a sad statement in society that I can't just automatically put it out there, right? That I can't put it on my profile. But if I put it on my profile, there are so many different reasons you could be in a wheelchair. If you have a preconceived notion of someone in a wheelchair... You might pass me right by without even giving me a chance to get to know me because of your preconceived idea. How did the uh, Brother We Show thing come about for you? Uh, so we were, so I was on his old show uh, on CMF, and uh, that's how I got my nickname Wheels. That was on that show? <laughs> that was on that show. <laughs> I remember, excuse me, <clears throat> I remember Bill Moran came down to get me in the lobby he was a producer at the time he was the producer at the time and uh it was at a party in the park the night before this is probably even before you were in rochester but he used to do we used to do these parties in the park in uh and they used to call them parties on the pavement at the time because it wasn't in a park yeah they were over by blue cross literally in a parking lot yeah yeah so my dad was a big fan of the brother we show so he said to me, I want to introduce you to Brother Weeds. So they had the big 96, you know, CMF uh, RV. And I still remember Doreen was sitting up on top of the RV. And Weeds was over by the, you know, talking to people. And um, my dad said, hey, Weeds, I'd like to introduce you to my son. And we said, hey, started talking. And he said, hey, my call screener's out tomorrow. Why don't you come in and... Be my call screener. You know how that works, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> People were always showing up at the door. Right. And it was like, uh, who's here? And right. someone that Weez said, come on up, bro. Right. So I said, well, Weez, I'm not really good with typing, so that probably wouldn't be good. And he goes, oh, bro, just come up anyway. Just You could just sit in on the show. So I go in, and I figure I'm just going to be there maybe 15, 20 minutes, right? I go in, and they sit in, and remember, Tommy Mule's there. I mean, this is, you know... 
Tommy Mulay and, and Bill Moran and the whole cast of characters and and uh, Wheeze goes, listen, brah, I'm just going to call you Wheels because I'm never going to remember your first name. He is very literal with his nickname. So he goes, <laughs> I'm going to call you Wheels. So that whole show, I was Wheels. Now, I walked out of the studio. That was the last time I had ever seen him. From you know, I never saw him again up until when I came on the show again the second time. Can I but, tell you? Can I can I interrupt you actually and tell you a nickname thing real quick? Yeah. How literal he is with his nickname. Yeah. One time out at the New York Kitchen in Canandaigua, this black guy comes up to me. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Yeah, it's Tony, right? <laughs> Tony. He goes, "I'm Tony. I play poker with Louise." Tell him I said hi. You know, it was like I was going to be on the radio the next morning back when I worked there. Yeah. I go, sure. Yeah, no problem. What? what? I just remember asking him, like, who should I say? Who should I say you are? Uh, like, how will he know you? And he just looked at me like, you already know what my nickname is. Yeah. Black Tony. Black, black. <laughs> we, got, we got wheels. We got Black Tony. We got One-Eyed George. Chuck who lives under the bridge. Chucky from under the bridge. <laughs> oh. the best nickname. It's just a cast of characters, right? Well, how did but back to the first appearance, though. How did it go? Did it go so, really well? It went really well. And were you like a co-host for for the day? Uh, for the day. You know, you know, I would chime in. And remember, I'm like, I'm like... 20, 21 years old. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little bit older, 22, but I'm in my early 20s, so I'm I'm a little nervous. I'm not, you know, right. I'm not like I am now, but I just, so I leave the studio. He's talking to a bunch of people in the studio, so I don't even really get a chance to say goodbye to him, right? The next week, I'm listening. That was a Friday. And the next week, I'm listening to the Brother Wee show, and he happens to be in... Canada for the Montreal Comedy Fest. He happens to be in Montreal for that. And this guy comes rolling into the lobby because they're doing the show from a hotel. Guy comes rolling into the lobby in a wheelchair. And turns out this this guy's trying to get into the porn business. <laughs> right? But Wheeze goes, Bruh, I'm never going to remember your name, so I'm just going to call you Wheels. <laughs> This is one week later. <laughs> right? So all my friends are calling me up going, are you in Montreal and are you trying to get into the board business? <laughs> and I go, I wish, but no, I'm not. And then so fast forward many years later, had to be about 15 years, to even 20 years later. And I happened to be sitting at a poker table and in walks Brother Wheeze. And I know who it is. And he sits right next to me, and I'm wearing headphones, and he goes, <coughs> he goes, brah, what kind of headphones are they? They they look cool. And so we're talking about him, and I go, Weez, you're not going to remember me, but you gave me my nickname of Wheels. Did you go by Wheels after that? Yeah, some people called me Wheels. Okay, okay. <clears throat> and I even made an impression on some people <clears throat> on that first appearance, because I remember... I used to have my own DJ business, still do, but I don't do it much anymore. And I remember I was doing this car show one time, and this guy came up to me and he goes, are you Wheels from the Brother Wheels show? And I go, yeah, that's me. And, uh, you know, being a young kid at that time, like it really, you know, that boosted your ego, right? Like, yeah, sure. this guy knows me from the radio. So sitting at the poker table, like... Well, hold on a second. <clears throat> I just want to point out, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah, you have a DJ business. I do. DJ Max, right? DJ, uh, yes, DJ Max. Yeah, 
Yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot you yeah. were an entrepreneur. I love entrepreneurs. Yeah. And this is technically, this podcast is classified as entrepreneur podcast. So there, there you, you go. go. I, I fit the bill you now. You fit the bill. I, uh, have, you start- ever fu- have you ever fucked up a gig? Oh my God, so many what, times. What's your best fuck up? I call. I, I was introducing a bride and a groom, uh-huh. and I said, uh, Mr. and Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is similar, actually. My best fuck-up was I had pages printed out with all the names of the bridesmaids and groomsmen. Yeah. And for some reason, it was just like I had eight slots and like seven fit on one page, so the bride and groom was on the the next page or something. So I read all seven, and then like the music stops, and it's time for the bride and groom, and I go to flip the page, but I've got the microphone in my hand, and so the microphone comes falling out of my hand like this, and it hits the ground, makes a giant noise, and goes... Right before the bride and groom, yep. and I could see, I picked it up really fast, panicked. You know how that moment is. Oh, like, yeah. I'm just in a complete panic. Yeah. I pick it up, I look at the bride, and she is giving me a death stare. If there's one thing you don't want to do, it's piss off a bride, Cannot right? Cannot piss off the bride. Cannot piss off the bride. Uh-uh. Uh, I also remember one time I was doing a, a, um, like, um, engagement party. So the groom said to me, can you play the song that I'm going to dance with my mother to? Now this was back uh, when you burn, you still burn CDs. Yeah. You know, we got the songs off of Napster. I'm yeah, sure yeah. you remember. That's that. how I did it too. Right? Yeah. So <clears throat> it was. I hope you dance. Uh, I'm sure you know that song. Leanne Womack. I Leanne think. Womack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised at you because you're not a country guy. That's from my DJ days, right? Though, because that was that was a very popular song. Right. So it was I hope you dance. So I said, Oh yeah, I got that song. So I popped the CD in the CD player. It plays flawlessly, right? I'm feeling good about myself because this wasn't even planned. So, like, I, yeah, for me just to, to get it, right? About halfway through the song, it starts to play Ja Rule. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you had what, like, recorded over it? Or it was just a corrupt file or something? I think it was a corrupt file, yeah. and I didn't know it. You know, I'm, I'm a young kid, so I don't always check things back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, what song was it? Uh, I don't Every know, little thing that you did. I think that's what it was, actually. <laughs> Between me and you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, thank God he was cool about it, like everybody laughed. Yeah. But that could definitely have been a moment where yeah, yeah. where it could have gone off the rails. That's funny. <laughs> so, but, uh, so we're sitting at the poker table. And, you know, the one thing, and you know this about Wheeze, is that poor man gets hit up for everything, right? Oh, he gets bothered. Like Anywhere he goes, left and right, everyone wants to talk to him. Bro, can, can you give me this? Can you give me that? <coughs> Excuse me. And that was never my, like... I never, I never, I never went into this thinking my goal is to get on the radio. I was just talking to Weez like, like a friend, you know what I mean? And I still do that to this day. Like I could just call him up and we'll just talk about whatever. And, uh, and I think that's one of the things that he liked about me was because I wasn't necessarily asking questions about radio. I wasn't saying, Hey, can I come up to the studio and, and hang out? Like, you were just being a friend. That wasn't my, yeah. was never my goal, and to this day is still not. You know, I don't, I, I actually shy away from asking him for things because the man gets it wherever he goes. And then it just went from, you know, I remember the first time that we, I came up and did radio. We were up at the top of the, uh, that hotel there on the roof for oh, the 9-11. Strathallen. 
Yeah, we did yeah. the 9-11 workout thing. Yeah, yeah. And he invited me up for that. And Paulie, I, you and I are good friends now, but I gotta be honest, like I remember the look on your face yeah. when we said to you, ah, <laughs> oh, brah, I got this kid in the- Well, cause he always does it. Like you, you have a plan yeah. and he just crashes into the plan right. every single day. Right. You and, know? Uh, so yeah, no offense, but it was no, just like, and then, uh, I just tell me about it. He would never tell me yeah, anything. And then it went from, from, you know, that one time. And again, I thought it was just gonna be one time to, um, I saw him at poker, and we went out to dinner a couple times, and he uh, he said, man, you know, everybody really likes you up there, and I really like you up there, and he's like, why don't we make this a regular thing? And so then I started coming in at like 8 o'clock, you know, and doing a couple hours. That's and, right. I remember you did come in later at first. Yeah, right, and then yeah. it just sort of snowballed from there, and it's been a dream ever since. What's and, your favorite moment on the radio? God, there's so many of them. Yeah. That, you know what I I don't know if I have a favorite moment but you know what I get told a lot is that my laugh people love it's my infectious. laugh it is uh, I hate my laugh I don't know about you but are you like me I don't even like to hear my voice no on the radio uh-uh, I don't like, like when I hear it I think to myself like when I hear you I think there's a guy yeah. that could be doing radio. And when right? I hear your voice, I I think like, well, there's a there is a voice right there that makes a lot of sense. That's the voice you would hear on the radio. Like right. the same thing. And, and I like, hear that about everybody. Like I will what? be honest with you. I'm not going to name any names. There's a couple people in radio in this town. I hear their still to this day. I hear their voice, and I go. It doesn't really sound like someone who belongs on the radio. Uh, yeah. And it's not Wheeze. No. Because everyone always jokes that Wheeze and Tools are, right. oh, I, I, I know their voices. Not, I'm not talking about them. No, but, but we all we always joke. We And you've been in the room when we joke that we are probably the, the for a show, it is probably the most unique set of voices you could ever have. It is. When I get excited, I get a very high-pitched, almost like I haven't hit puberty. <laughs> That's uh, true. That's true. Uh, uh, you know... Uh, but I don't like to hear my like. I probably will not listen to this podcast because right. I will be like, like this yeah. is shit, and I, like I, I ruined I, it for Paulie. It, no, I I usually listen. Just I'll skip through it and listen to five different areas for like five seconds just to make sure it all sounds okay. Right. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. So what do you want out of life? What's the What's the future? What's it's the dream? it's so funny you ask that because the, obviously the dream is to continue on with radio. Uh, the dream is to continue on with my podcast, which Wednesdays I, with Wheels is a is really a hit. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's something that I started during the quarantine, because and it was no fault of anybody uh, Wheeze or anybody, but because of the pandemic, you know, the station put into place. Yeah, no visitors. That I that I couldn't come in because I, you know, no yeah, no, no visitors guests. at all. It was essential right. employees only, yeah. So I said, well, I need to figure out a way to continue doing what I'm doing because I don't know how long that this is going to last. And uh and uh so I started Wednesdays with Wheels and and but you you had been thinking about doing that already. Oh, for yes yeah and but this was sort of the just the kickstart this kickstarted you that got me into doing it well it's excellent i have now i think i've missed maybe the most recent episode i didn't hear uh your nick stefanovich interview still sticks out as a great one uh that was a fantastic interview because he had never really talked a lot about uh his experience right or at least every time we's had him up it was always about like business right right um that was a great one 
Uh, so I haven't listened. Who you just the guy you just did? Rob. I did Rob Tortorella. And then did you do Deanna right before? I that? did Deanna right before okay. then. And I'm we, two episodes behind. I'm gonna and, binge and we this did weekend. and we did Brother Weeks. Uh, right, right. That was in there, one. and then I did one raising a child with special needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got with Christina. Who with I, Chris, I love Christina. Christina's the best. She's uh, great. Uh, just a fan of the show that I had never met, and I just reached out to her because she put a story on Facebook about her daughter who has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And it resonated with me so much, I said, I, I've got to get uh, Christine on the podcast. And then we had another gentleman who had a son with Down syndrome that came on as well. And I think, Paulie, like, the one thing that I've learned from Weeze and, and you and Deanna is what makes a good interview is being able to listen. Okay, it's not so much about talking. I hear so many people when they find out I'm on the radio or I do a podcast say, oh, I could do that. All you have to do is talk. No, you have to do way more than talk. You have to listen. You have to, because you ask me a question, my answer could lead you to your next right. question. Right, right. So you have to listen more than you have to talk. So I get in an argument with my dad. My dad does public access television. Back in Ohio, yeah, and he does like interviews with like local like town leaders and stuff once a week. And I always, my dad always wants to, like positive feedback. He always wants like cri- constructive criticism. And I always tell him, I go, Dad, I go. The only thing is in interviews, it. I don't think you're listening. You're just thinking about your next question the whole time. Right. It's all, it's all you're thinking about. Right. And and I always give him an example. I go, you could be sitting across from someone. You could be like, who's your favorite baseball player? And they could look at you and they could go, you know, I, I recently discovered the cure to cancer. And I swear to God, you would say, what about your favorite basketball player? <laughs> like, right. That was always my example. I'd use my dad. Right. It's, it's, it's really the other thing that I have a great respect for, like, people that are in radio now and like Wheeze, like doing a one-on-one interview is very difficult. Like, this is easy for us because this yeah. is what we, we've done, right? Yeah. So it's easy for us. You don't have to pull teeth to get answers. Right. But right. some interviews you they do, like be. you really have to. Have like, you ever had any? Have you had any episodes? Uh, well, <clears throat> you have. You've been doing it not long enough to probably have any bad ones yet. No, I, I, I don't think you really have to pull teeth to get answers, or at least I haven't seen that. But it's more, you're asking people to tell their story that have never done something like that before, and that can be very daunting. That can be, you know, you're asking them to be very vulnerable. And if yeah. they've they've never spoken before, it can be hard. Yeah, they don't. It, you people know, don't open up so easy. So that's one of the things <clears throat> I love about doing a podcast as opposed to doing radio. So even when I was doing radio, even when I got to do that food show where I would get to have people on a little bit longer, right? It was still chopped up in these little nine minute segments. With a podcast, you can just talk straight for an hour. I mean, you might have to put this one into two <laughs> two <laughs> yeah. parts, Paulie. But you can just talk to somebody for an hour. Or what are we on now? Hour and whatever, twenty minutes or so. Yeah, you can just talk for an hour and twenty minutes you're not under any time constraint or anything you just talk for an hour and 20 minutes and people become comfortable with each other over that course of time of course so interviews can start a little cold but they usually end up warmer yeah and you know for me it's different too because with my podcast i do it over facebook live right right right. so i think sometimes people can get intimidated because they're seeing people pop in and yeah people are i don't want to do video podcasts people are you're handsome well, I don't know if that's it, but I, I st- the real reason, because I have the fancy machine like you have the, the Zoom, the real reason I started the video portion was because of the pandemic and you couldn't go out and interview people. 
So, yeah. you know, you had to do it a different way. What's coming up on future episodes? What I think, I think uh, not to give a spoiler alert, spoiler but I think alert. next week I think we might have Opie from the Opie Radio Get Podcast. Get the fuck out of here, really? I think so. Dude, that's awesome. <clears throat> oh my God, I'm so excited. I think we. I have to reach out to him tomorrow, uh-huh. but Wee's told me today... Uh, you know, you really should reach out to Opie. I think he'd love to do it. And uh, so that'll be a big thrill for me. Okay. Do you, do you know how to reach out to him? Yeah, I got his number. I was going to yeah. ask you that. I'll give it to you. No, <laughs> I got I got it from Wheeze. Okay. And then I think we're going to have the king on. No, oh, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's just it's been real fun. Uh, and then I just want to get back to your question. What do I want for the future? One of the biggest regrets I probably have in my life is that I'm 39 years old. And, you know, at 39, you can still have kids, right? And I'm fully functional in that way. <clears throat> but most of the girls that I meet already have kids. So I would love to have kids of my own. I just don't know if it's going to be possible because of my age. And most of the girls that I'm meeting already have children and really don't want to have more kids. So I would love that in the future for myself, but... You know, that's sort of right now is sort of a, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a thing that sort of weighs on me. But let's just say, though, your, your sister just had a baby. Yeah. So you got a little baby fever right now, don't you? I mean, <laughs> they're just so cute. They're so cute. They're so cute. So you really want to be a father. I really, like, yeah. really, 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 that is one thing that I, I just want to be. You, you're, you'd be such a great father. I just want to be in a relationship and not have to worry about everything else. You know, I know there's things that you have to worry about in a relationship, obviously, but just knowing that you have, when you're having a bad day, you can go home and talk to that person. And it's not a family member. You know, it's it's a different type of thing. So, I mean, that's... You're going to be a great dad, man. I hope so. You really will. I hope so. Yeah, that just bring that energy. Bring that... You know, positivity. Yeah, you know, there's uh, obviously some things that I wouldn't be able to do as a as a father with my limitations, but those can be overcome. And uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's one thing that I really would like. We got fireworks. You got fireworks in Greece. Fireworks in Greece. I will tell you this about the firework thing that's been going on in this city. You know, Brighton, no fireworks. I haven't, had, I haven't had any fireworks in my neighborhood. Man, you, you have them every night. You come here any night of the week and you, you get fireworks. They're starting to go off like already. it's Fourth of July. Yeah, well, it almost is actually. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Well, Wheels, I think we did. We say it all. I think. I think we said it all. I think that was everything. I think we said it all. Yeah. Can I can I just give a plug one more time for yeah. for uh, my podcast sure. Wednesdays with Wheels. And I also started my own. And now, uh, what day is that on? Uh-huh. And I'm not being funny because one time you didn't you didn't you actually like get their answer so wrong. So you once? can t- tell this story. I don't remember exactly how it went, but someone, I was interviewing you. You were yes. You did a preview. It was oh god, it was a preview video the night you were going to interview me yeah. on Wednesdays with Wheels, and somebody asked you like when it was on or something, and you you legitimately fumbled the answer. You're like uh. It's on Wednesday and today's Tuesday. To, yeah, no, today. Yeah, t- yesterday. No, tomorrow. Yes, today. You know, like, yeah, it was something. Anyway, Bla- so Wednesdays at seven, right? Wednesdays at seven on my Facebook. David I, Maxwell. David Maxwell. But I've also started a Wednesdays with Wheels Facebook page. So go like that because eventually, when we build that up, where I have enough uh, viewers on that page, we'll move the podcast over to there. Got it. 
Got so, it. Hey, can I ask you a quick grease question before the end of the podcast? Yeah, go ahead. There's like a drive through on Mount Re- by Mel's Diner. Carmine's or something? Carmine's pizza. Is, is that a, it's pizza? Is it Italian food or uh, just pizza? Well, it's pizza and it, like calzones and. It's like a, but it's a drive through? I mean, they've got chicken marcella and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's drive through Italian food? Well, they've got, they've got the drive through and then you can walk into, yeah. This thrills me beyond belief that there's drive through Italian food. I don't. Is it I, not good? I <laughs> Is think that what you're going to say? It's sort of. You're not. Uh, listen, you're not on the radio right no, now. No, I you know, can, but I don't know if the guy from Carmine's listens to your podcast. He's going to break both our knees. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't. I would. I would say it's like a, um, a step below. <laughs> a step below, like an Olive Garden, maybe. Oh, I see what you're saying. Is it cheap though? Cheap eats? I mean, it's cheap Italian eats. You know, the price of a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, pizzas vary. You go to Little Caesars, you get pizza for five dollars. You go to Fiorella, you get pizza for twenty six. I mean, I think it's like in the you know eight dollar, nine dollar, okay. nine dollar range. Yeah. The the average. Well, I just saw that place and and uh, I think I, I one time when I was delivering to Mel's Diner and I asked somebody what it, that is and they said it's drive through Italian food and I was like this is brilliant, yeah, brilliant yeah. drive through Italian. Let me just real quick before we end. Have you been because of this pandemic? Have you been out anywhere to like eat or anything? I have yet? not been out to eat since I was in Florida in early March. Yeah. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. I know I that know. when we were getting ready to do the podcast, the U.S. Ryan, if you could come over and do it. And she said, are you going to be doing it from a safe distance? Yeah. She wanted to make sure we were going to be And you said, Ryan, Wheels hasn't been anywhere. He hasn't been. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm working again, you know? Yeah. So, like, obviously, my new job. I'm around people all day. Mm. And it hasn't been uh, an issue, really. I mean, people are careful. People right. are People are being diligent, I will say. But people are not. Uh, overly, that people are kind of opening up a little bit, I should say. But New York's been good. It's yeah. like Florida that's fucking it up. And Florida and uh, all those southern states, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, They're all the ones who went and started partying while we were still hunkered. My my good friend brother Weez can't come home. Is he still in Florida? He's still in. I Florida. I was listening the other day trying to figure out if he was in town because or not. he's got to. He's got to. If he comes home, he'd have to be quarantined for fourteen days before he could even. Mm. Come into the studio, so I can't imagine him yeah. quarantining. Period. This was fun, Polly. This was good. Thank you. Well, we went an hour and a half, man. Wow. Almost an hour and a half. Wow. I'll have to edit out, you know, the part where I spilled beer everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> no, maybe I won't edit that. I mean, <laughs> it does bring some pizzazz to this. Yeah. I feel like so. I hope it was an uplifting podcast. I I think some people are going to be like, this poor kid has been through, uh, been, been through, through hell. Uh, been through hell, and I. I really don't look at it that way. I, you know, my you talked about interviewing. I love interviews. That's why I love Wednesdays with Wheels because it's interview based. A lot of the podcasts I listen to are interview based, and I love people's story. My my favorite thing about people's stories are the roller coaster, the ups and the downs. I love hearing about people's downs and ups, and yeah. downs and ups, and downs and ups. Hey, you didn't make me cry. I'll just say that. God, fuck, that's right. I didn't yeah. make you cry. All right, can we just sit and, and drink for a few minutes? I guess so. Should I turn off the thing? Yeah, let's turn it All off. Right. And Good job, Wheels. Thank, Thank you. you.